welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. We're here for another one of our NFL team season previews with a fan of every team. Now, our last episode was also the NFC South with our New Orleans Saints episode with Jay Lawrence. It's now turn of the team who are the number one overall pick this year in the Carolina Panthers. And of course, who better to come on than our Panthers fan in Keg. How are you, mate? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on again. Much, uh, much appreciated. Looking forward to getting started. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, must be an exciting off-season for you, looking at the ins and outs. Um, not really many, too many outs, unless I've completely missed someone. And as a quick disclaimer, um, this podcast will be out. It's been recorded about 10th of July, but we will be getting this podcast out probably about mid to late July. So things might change, players may leave or come in in that time. But as of, as of recording, only really four major outs I could find. Uh, Sam Donald, um, Donta Foreman, Matt Ioannidis, Apologies if I've mispronounced that. And Corey Littleton. And then the main ins include Adam Thielen, former Vikings wide receiver, safety Eric Rowe, linebacker Camu Gruja-Hill, tight end Hayden Hurst, wide receiver DJ Chark, Miles Sanders running back, and Andy Dalton, the quarterback, to back up the first oval pick, which was Bryce Young. Uh, other players I came in, including Jonathan Mingo, 39th overall wide receiver, uh, outside linebacker in DJ Johnson, 80th overall, uh, and... Chandler Zavala, offensive guard, um, 114th overall. Could that be any more of a need? Um, so for you, Keg, thoughts overall on the um, off-season for your team? Yeah, very happy, uh, excited, looking forward to seeing how it's going to start. Um, a lot of question marks still, a lot of uncertainty. Obviously, a lot's changed. Um, I remember we spoke about this time last year where we still had Matt Rule at the helm, uh, and optimism wasn't very high. Uh, I think the day we recorded uh, our preview was the day before we traded for Baker Mayfield. So we're still acting as if it was going to be Sam Donald and uh, Matt Corral, the potential uh, quarterbacks. Uh, We discussed that we could potentially still be in for uh, Baker Mayfield or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, yeah, we didn't know at that time. So yeah, last season was... uh, we weren't really looking forward to it. If it was going to be Baker, Sam, whoever it was, as long as Matt Rule was there, we weren't really excited. Well, that wasn't really a lot to to look forward to. Uh, but things are different this year. Like I said, we're traded up for the number one pick, so we've got the quarterback of the future. Uh, not going to rest too much on his shoulders to start with. Like a rookie year can be daunting for any position, let alone quarterback. There's a lot, a lot of pressure, a lot of weight on your shoulders. But we've got an entirely new backroom staff, and I think that's one of the more exciting things. Like we've got uh, Matt Rule out, and we've got Frank Reich in, but as well as Frank Reich as the head coach, everyone has got so much experience from the assistant head coach in Deuce Staley, defensive uh, senior defensive assistant in Don Capers, got Jim Caldwell, new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Everything's changed. Everything's fresh. Everything's exciting. There's a lot of experience there. I think we've built one of the best backroom staffs in the entire NFL this offseason. So put that together with a new exciting quarterback, the number one overall pick. Uh, I remember last year, we weren't sure how the offensive line was going to hold up, but it was amazing. It was one of the best offensive lines in in all of football, which was a vast, con- a vast difference considering we had one of the worst in football for the two, three years prior under Matt Rule. So 
We've finally got the O-line sorted. We've finally got the quarterback. We've finally got a coaching staff. So, so there's a lot to look forward to, and I'm excited, but uh, it's just the first year. We don't really know how it's going to play out. Like it, it might not be this year. This year might not be our year, but it's exciting. And I think we're building something special here. I think give us two, three years, we'll be in the running, I think, with a guy like Bryce Young. So so sought after, so respected Heisman winner, number one overall pick. Like The future's bright, and I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for the season to get started. I don't think there'll be a lot more outgoings. I think everyone's gone that we could get rid of, like, yeah, Christy McCaffrey's DJ Moore's. Uh, whilst he's not going to be trading in any more quarterbacks, so we're not going to have the the Baker Mayfield situation this year. So I think the roster is as good as it can be right now. I think maybe uh, Brian Burns might be the only one that I think people might want to try and trade for. I know we rejected a lot of offers for him last year, but I think the defense is has been the cornerstone of our team for the last two three years. It's been the only thing in the Matt Rule era that actually had us excited and it was the only thing that was kind of keeping us in games. So I think the the Brian Burns, the JC Horns, the um Derek Browns, yeah, uh Jeremy Chins, they're the kind of guys that I think people might try and trade for, but I don't think we'd give them up for the love of money because they're the future of our defense. So yeah, I think where things are right now, that's where we're gonna go forward with with um Bryce Young with the likes of Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders. Uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, yeah, future starts now, and I'm I'm excited. I mean, yeah, a lot's changed. I mean, when you came on the podcast last season, mid in in amongst the season going on, I believe it was the week where either you fired Matt Rule or the Colts yes. fired Frank Wright. It was one of the two, and just to think what's happened. Soon. Yeah, it was Matt Rule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the I've mentioned the off season additions. I mean. First of all, obviously, you, the main thing was you trading up to get the first overall pick, which you um, gave DJ Moore in response. But, you know, in terms of receivers that can help Bryce Young adapt, I mean, you've got one of the most experienced receivers of recent years in Adam Thielen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, DJ Chark, who I think you can make case of being quite underrated. And I think yeah. having him as your second or third choice, adding the fact you brought in Mingo as well. You've got Hayden Hurst, your tight end, someone who was fairly productive in Cincinnati, was a fairly solid. And then Miles Sanders, who had a, had a career year, in Philly last year, where of course he did make a Super Bowl, albeit only had seven carries in that game. But um, in terms of that, I mean, there's always a concern that you know these guys who play well in a contract year that could be why. But getting him in, it makes up in some way towards no, being no McCaffrey there. So in terms of getting him, plus someone who's as experienced head coach as Frank Reich is, you know, last five six years he had the Colts and he got into the playoffs multiple times. Um, so for that. There's all that happened. In fact, you're given Bryce Young support. You've got a guy who actually knows what he's doing as a head coach. With all that combined, with not a that a small conference, does all that give you confidence that your team? I know we'll get into your predictions in a bit, but does that give you confidence that you go in the right way and you can challenge for the NFC South and potentially potentially win the whole division? Absolutely, yeah. Like I say, the, the future is bright, whether it's this year or, or next or maybe it's the year afterwards, we don't know, but it's certainly headed in the right direction. And I think especially now, the NFC South has been very poor for the last couple of years, even last year with Tom Brady. Now, this year, they've replaced him with Big and Mayfield, which excites the hell out of us because we've seen how bad he was last year. So <laughs> it's very different. But I was looking at the standards. Like, we finished second last year. Uh, Matt Rule was fired just after week five with a one and four record. 
uh, we were steadily heading towards the number one pick anyway without having to trade up. Like firing him was a good move uh, in in the sense that we were actually able to win games. Uh, we finished the ninth worst team instead of the top three where we were absolutely going towards. Um, but yeah, even up until week, was it 16 or 17, right until the last two weeks, we still could have won that division despite how bad we were. So I think that just tells you just how bad that division was. I think that week 17 loss to Tampa Bay was what pretty much sealed it for them. But it was less than impressive because the Bucs won the division with an eight and nine record. Like it's a losing record that won that division. Like that's how bad it was. And I don't think anyone else has really improved. Um, I think the Saints are pretty much the same. The Saints are, are strong on offense and defense, but not really amazing at either. Uh, Bucks, I don't think they've got any better. Like they've lost Tom Brady and um, uh, who else did they lose? Uh, for, um, Fournette. Fournette, sorry, yeah. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and I don't really think that they've replace them well and everyone else is just kind of still there like I don't really think they've brought in anyone that's made you think oh well like the Bucks are going to be serious contenders next year like I think from all of the reports I've read and videos I've watched like people are kind of tipping them to get the number one pick like it's it's Caleb Williams time for them next season potentially um and same with the Falcons I think the Falcons have built a very strong defense uh but offense nah so I think it's going to be a very close, very tight. It's probably poor division again next year, but there's no reason to say why, why we can't win it. Like, how, like I said, how open it was last year. And I think we probably have strengthened the most. So in that close, tight division, there's no reason at all why we can't win it. So yeah, I am excited to see how that goes. And whether, whether we'll win it or not, I don't know. Whether we'll get a record enough to get us into the playoffs, I don't know, but... So if the Bucks could win the division with an 8-9 record last year, why can't we win it? I think it's lost for the taken, really. I agree. And I think that I not even thought about the fact that you were well, 7-9 with how bad it was at quarterback. Mm. And I think that, well, I think the Falcons made the best move in the division in terms of getting Jesse Bates in. I, I still mm. think the whole quarterback situation, whether it's Heineke, whether it's... Um, Desmond Ridder, I think either way, I don't think it's particularly a great situation there. So I think, you know, I think there's definitely a chance there for you to take the division. And I think really most rookie quarterbacks get drafted first overall. You go into a tough division a lot of the time, but this time Bryce Young's going into a division where it isn't a tough one. So I think that could really help him bed in as well um, and become you know, the quarterback that you traded up to get in the first place. So that's all exciting. And obviously we will be at an episode later on in the year where we do give our predictions for the entire leagues in total, so I won't give away where I think the Panthers will finish in that NFC South, but I've got an idea in my head. Um, but we're going to head to the final segment, which is going to be our season prediction episode. So we're going to give Keg, like he did last year, every game of the season, and he has to answer with a win, loss, or tie record. Now, last year, I've got your record up from last year. Um, so the Panthers finished in real life, 7-10, and 10, and you got 7-10. and 10. So you were bang on. So... Um, <laughs> I think I was a bit optimistic, to be fair. That was with uh, Matt Rule at the helm. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think when I was thinking about that at the end of that podcast, I was thinking, seven and ten, really? Like, I'm way too optimistic. I'm maybe a little bit biased, but yeah, I think it's only because we fired Matt Rule that we were able to win seven games. Six of them were uh, Steve Wilkes. He was responsible for six of the seven wins. So thank you, Steve Wilkes. Actually, speaking of Steve Wilkes, actually, what was your take on him not getting the role personally? Because... In my opinion, I feel like 
even though he did get, have or six wins, except uh, whether it was six wins, you said, I don't think even then, it, I, I don't think it was enough to warrant getting a job personally because they still lost a few games as well. But for you as a Panthers fan who watches you know, Panthers game a lot more than I do, uh, were you were you sad that you didn't get a chance to get a job permanently or do you think it was the right choice to go with someone like Frank Reich? Um, bit both, to be honest. It was kind of mixed emotions like during the interview process. Yeah, I did want Steve Wilkes and you, you say like you still lost a lot of games, but you had a 50% record in it awful team like where he took over 12 games and won six won six lost six that's not bad and that's post trading McCaffrey playing between Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield PJ Walker uh would drop Robbie Anderson because he was a bit of a knob um and like there was just so much went on it was an awful situation for him to be in and for him to win 60 uh, 50% of his games it was very, very impressive. Like we looked a much better team without Matt Rule and even without Christy McCaffrey. Like Dr. Foreman stepped up. He was brilliant. DJ Morden, pretty good. But our line held up very well. Our defense held up pretty well. We had a very good special teams as well. So we became a much, much better team after the week five second of uh, Matt Rule. So and he's a he's a local guy as well. He's been at the Panthers before. He's very, very well respected in, in the Charlotte region and in Carolina. Uh, he loves it. He speaks very, very highly of us. So we think very, very highly of him. So, yeah, I think he deserved a shot. I think his interim rule uh, warranted him getting the head coaching job. Um, but I do think David Tepper probably looked around a little bit and thought about maybe a bit more experience. Like It's not that he didn't deserve the job. I think um, Tepper was just keeping all of his options open. Uh, I can't even remember the names of some of the other guys that were interviewed, but I think um, Frank Reich was always high up in the list, as was Steve Wilkes. So it was a hard decision, but I think ultimately he went for a bit more experience and someone who he probably could build the backroom staff that he did, like put that into his hands and just say, what can you do with this? Like, who are you going to bring in for the OC, DC, other rules, like getting Don Capers and uh, Jim Caldwell in? Um, so I think that's maybe what won him the job. Also, he does have a bit of experience, Frank Reich, as well. He was the first ever quarterback to throw a touchdown in the Carolina era. So uh, so there's history there. There's a past there. Uh, Dom Capers was the first head coach as well. So we're, we're bringing all the band back together. Uh, it would have been nice to keep um, Steve Wilkes around. I would I'd love to, for him to have gotten the defensive coordinator job, which is the position now holds up at the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, I, I just wish him well because let's say he's very well respected I think every Carolina Panthers fan has a soft spot for Steve Wilkes and I'm a big fan now of the 49ers as well I loved what they had done next year uh, last year so shout out to Christy McCaffrey and even Sam Darnold who might get a shot next year like uh, there's a lot of love there for the 49ers from the Panthers fan base now and we hope all of the ex-guys do well and with um Wilkes and McCaffrey, like you've got to say, like they've got the bigger and better things that you can't be mad at them. Like it's it's a business at the end of the day. We traded McCaffrey. McCaffrey didn't want to leave. We chose um, Frank Reich over Steve Wilkes. Nothing he could have done about that. He would have been here if he'd gotten the job. If he wanted to, he could have. So, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I would have been happy either way. Like I said, I would have liked like Steve Wilkes to have got the job. I think he deserved it. He earned it. But um, yeah, I think we are in in, in safe, uh, reliable hands with Frank Reich going forward. 
I agree. So week one, you go road trip to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Uh, win, loss, or tie? Um, I will go with a win. Um, for the first game, yeah, get the season off to a start on the road with the Falcons. We'll get the win. Um, I've been through these. I've been having a look at the schedule, and I've I've got a bit of a surprise for you here. Um, okay. uh, I I don't know how realistic it is, but I, I was going through it, and it's quite exciting uh, to end with. Uh, the the start's not going to be the best, but uh, I think we'll, we'll start with uh, a, a win away. So we'll go one and zero to start the season. Okay, and then looking forward to whatever the surprises. Um, week two, first home game of the year uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah, no, in a division game, it's going to be a hard one. Like I say, I don't think the Saints have improved all that much. Um, the, they're a decent team on, on both sides of the ball. Nothing amazing. Um, last year, I gave you th- this speech about how the NFC South teams tend to do better on the road. Uh, it didn't really come into fruition much last year, so it was a bit of a, a forgotten about theory. But I'm going to use it for this one just to try and be a little bit more realistic and say that the Saints are going to get that win. So one and one. Hey, so that means that you go into week three with a road game against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. So I'm going to put an L on that one. I think they were very impressive last year. And I, I like some of the moves that they've made in the offseason and, and in their draft. So I think they'll be even better next year. So, yeah, we'll we'll put an L there. And then week four is a home game against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, again, another tough one. I, I like the Vikings. They're a good team. Um the, the future with Kirk Cousins is undecided, really, and uh, they've lost Darwin Cook as well. But as long as you've got someone like uh, Justin Jefferson, they've always got a good chance. And they've got um, Jordan Addison as well. So they're building a very good team, young team. Uh, so I'll put an L on that one. Hey, and then going to week five, a road game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Lions I'm a very big fan of like over the last couple of years because they have been poor like, from two and three years prior. Uh, but what they're building now is just amazing. I really, really enjoy watching them. Like, I'm a fan of the Lions. Like, I think they've got a very good young team um, with a bright future, even with Jared Goff, who some people still question. But uh, yeah, I, I think we'll put an L on that one as well. Okay, so uh, one and four start, not the best, but you did, no. make, you did preview this, that it's going to be a good end. So I'm expecting a different record come, come week 18. But uh, week six, of course, this is one that me and you are going to be very closely keeping an eye on, uh, against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, your guys, the Dolphins. Uh, again, another team that I'm a big fan of. Like, you weren't very good a couple of years ago, but when you bring in Tua and Waddle and Hill, like, you've been building a very, very nice team there that I, I enjoy watching. Uh, and they'll always be tough as long as them guys stay fit. Tua's your biggest question mark. Uh, but as long as um, Waddle and Hill are fine, you should be absolutely sailing it. So, again, unfortunately, going to put an L on that one. Okay, and then you got your week seven bye week before then taking on the Houston Texans at home in week eight. Yeah, so this is where things are going to turn around a little bit. But going into the bye week, week seven, if if we were to predict a one and five record, I think as a Panthers fan base, we'd be absolutely furious because that's the record that got Matt Rule sacked last year. Mm. Uh, and it's not the way that we want to start off. Obviously, you want to start bright, but... There's a lot of new things, especially with a rookie quarterback. You never really know how it's going to go. So I think we'll use them first six weeks as a bit of experience for everyone to start gelling 
the bye week gives us an opportunity to come up back from if we are one and five to to reset, look at things, look at the first six weeks, uh, reevaluate, and I think we'll come out strongly after the bye week. So we might be one and five, but we are going to start turning things around at home to the Texans, where uh, Bryce Young uh, faces his best friend in CJ Stroud, the number one and two picks. I think that'll be a very interesting game, one that I'm looking forward to a lot, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Bryce gets the win over CJ. So then week nine, another rookie quarterback, another one from the AFC South in the Indianapolis Colts and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I do fancy away against the Colts. Uh, again, another young team who I like, uh, Anthony Richardson, I like, but I think he is going to take a, a bit longer to adapt to the league, particularly as a passer than what like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will. Uh, he's got Lamar Jackson traits. He's brilliant. Also got a new coach replacing Frank Reich. So a bit, bit of rivalry there. I think if Frank Reich would like to get that one, especially at home, uh, I think the Colts are going to struggle. But again, another up and coming team for to watch out for in the next two three years. But not next year. So we'll get a win that one. Okay, and then another young quarterback, albeit in his third season now, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. Week Ten in Chicago. How are you feeling about that one? Nervous. Uh, I, I don't like uh, that matchup. Um, there's been a bit of rivalry between Panthers and Bears fans uh, this offseason, I think, due to that trade mm. with DJ Moore. So, uh, given I, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields, I think he's uh, steadily becoming a good NFL quarterback. He, he showed bits last year, but in an awful team. But I think some of their offseason moves, their drafts, free agency, DJ Moore, they're looking really, really good. Their team on paper looks fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting big things from the Bears next year. So I'll, I'm going to put an L on that one. Okay. So that means then you go into week 11 at home. But one of your hardest games of the year, I'd say, maybe even your hardest game on paper, I'd mm-hmm. say, uh, Dallas Cowboys at home. Yeah, you're right. On paper, it could be the hardest game. That's why I'm going to give that one an L to give us a less than impressive three and seven record after week 11. Uh, but yeah, I think things get a little bit easier from here. So this is where we're going to start turning the tide. And then week 12, um, at home, so on the road to a different South team from the AFC in the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we're going to win that one. Um, I, I, I like the Titans, but I just if Derrick Henry's injured, which he is a lot these days, then we'd definitely win that one. Uh, Henry's that danger man. Uh, a lot of question marks about who their quarterback's going to be. No one knows if it's going to be Tannehill, Willis, Levis. <laughs> could be anyone. Um, so, yeah, I think with the uncertainty there, we'll get that win quite comfortably. I actually think by the time you play them, I reckon he won't even be there. Derek Henry, I do still believe he'll get traded mid-season. And I think possibly. That probably is... You know, I think he. I don't think he leaves Tennessee unless a team that was competing would go in for him. So the likes of... the he, Maybe the Eagles not now, but the Eagles could still go for him. Or like, you know, anyone in that like the cheese could go for him the, the bill anyone who you know even if he got established running backs like a james cook or pacheco or or whoever is rashad penny whoever's it i think they'll still want to get someone like derrick henry in because at his age you can really manage his workload and you know get someone like him in immediately makes your team better so i think same as when we play him as well that type that sort of time of year down the stretch i don't think he'll be playing for me at that point um but week 13 is a sorry week 13 sorry is the second of three straight away games for you guys um, against the Buccaneers. Yeah, Tampa Bay, as I said before, I'm not very impressed by Tampa Bay. I don't suppose Baker Mayfield probably still will be the starter by week 13. I'd be quite surprised if he is. Uh, who it'll be, I've got no idea. Could even be um, Kyle Trask or they might trade for somebody. 
who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not expecting very big things from the Bucks this year. Uh, Brady aside, post Brady, I think they're going to suffer a lot. I say I think other than Brady and um, Fournette, that, that haven't changed that much. But I think it's enough for them to not be anywhere near as good as they were last year. I say last year they were even quite poor despite winning the division eight and nine. So yeah, not expecting great things from the Bucks. So we're going to win that one. And then week 14 um, is your second game this season against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, yeah, when I, say that, I think we beat them. Uh, no, we got beat off them in week two. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to turn things around on the road and get that win. Okay, so that means with four games left, you're coming out a six and seven record. So getting towards on the verge of being playoff to team sort of, you know, that kind of region in the in the rankings. Um, at week 15... You once again against Atlanta Falcons, who you had a win against in week one. Can you sweep them in week 15? I think we can. As I say, I'm not, apart from the defence, I'm not, not that sold on the Falcons. In all honesty, I'm quite a big Taylor Heineke fan. I think I'd much rather have Heineke, uh, who used to be a third stringer at Carolina before he went to Washington. Uh, if I was a Falcons fan, I'd probably feel more comfortable with him than Desmond Ritter. So there's going to be a bit of a battle between them. Coming towards the end of the season, week 15, they could have a change. They'll be fighting for each other, potentially even trade someone else in, who knows. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not overly impressed by the Falcons. So hopefully we do do a clean sweep, uh, get the win at home, which puts us level at 7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah, And of course, um, Heineke is a, I believe he's Atlanta native. He's from there. So that will be even more of a, a reason why he'll want to play well. But who knows? Um, week 16, Home game against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's a bit. Of, that's actually going to be a very interesting game for me because that's on my birthday, which is Christmas Eve, and I'll be watching it with. Uh, it'll be my wife come that point, uh, and her dad, who are both Green Bay Packers fans. So, bit of a inter house derby, big rivalry, and on my birthday, so I'm I'm massively looking forward to that one. But uh, they're another team, the Packers, who I like. Obviously, got got personal relations with the Packers. Um, but again, not really sold on John Love. I think they're going to have a year that's going to be a bit tricky. So uh, we're going to come away with a winning record come week 16 and get that win at home on Christmas Eve to Green Bay Packers. Commiserations for um, having a birthday so close to Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I mean, I'm January 7th. I thought that was bad being January 7th. But um, yeah, you've got it. You've got it a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll say congratulations on the wedding um, coming up. Thank but you. of course, that must be, that's sort of like, almost like a meant to be sort of birthday present in terms of you're watching it on Christmas Eve with a team that you play not every year, mm-hmm. watching it on your birthday with your family who will, uh, sorry, your in-laws and your wife who will both be um, Packers fans. That's, um, I don't think I've seen anything quite like that. So that's <laughs> yeah, quite special. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Should be a good day, if we'll win, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> week 17, your final road game of the regular season is a road trip to Jacksonville and the Jaguars. Yeah, the Jags are another team that I'm, I'm a very big fan of. Um, being a Carolina fan, I, I like me uh, college teams as well, so I'm a very big fan of Clemson. I watched a lot of Trevor Lawrence back in his college days, and I think the Jags have come on strength, strength to strength over the last couple of years, building a very, very nice team there. Uh, got into the playoffs as well last year, even though they started a bit poorly. Like, that's kind of the season that I'm kind of expecting from Carolina next year because the Jags were lifting to start last season, then ended up sneaking into the playoffs because they, they finished quite well with Trevor Lawrence getting a bit of confidence in them. So 
Yeah, I'm a very big fan of the Jags. I think they'll have a very, very good year next year. So we'll we'll go back to an even record uh, and lose that one away. Hey, so that means that eight and eight, it could be a record you have where you are fighting to win the division on the final day of the season, which is against the Buccaneers, who you mentioned before, you aren't a big fan of. So is it going to be another win against the Bucks? Yeah, I believe so. That would be a nice way to finish the season, securing... Uh, potentially the playoffs, potentially the division as well, because if you look back over my predictions there, I've actually got was five and one in the division. So I think if we do do that, which again, I think might be unrealistic, but if we do end up five and one in the division, I think that will be enough to see us into the playoffs, could win us the division. Uh, like, like I said before, the Bucks won it last year, uh, eight and nine. So if we do go nine and eight, I definitely think that's an, enough to win us the NFC South and get into the playoffs. So, yeah, last game of the season at home, win over the, the former Tom Brady team. It would be an absolute lovely little cherry on top of the cake if we can come away with a winning record. First one since uh, I've put myself on the spot there, 2017, I think it was. twenty Yeah, 2017, I think, our last winning record was. So it's been a long time coming. So if we can do that at home uh, to Tampa Bay, uh, that'll be amazing. So that means that you'll finish the season with an iron eight record as per your predictions, which you would think, especially in that division, it could be enough to win a division. So if it gets to that point where you've won a division with nine and eight record, you're in the playoffs or even as a wildcard team, um, mm-hmm. how far could you see this team going in the playoffs? Um, to be brutally honest, not very far, unfortunately. I don't think, like I say, I think we'll just scrape it only because we're in such a poor division. Uh, that's the only thing that's going to get us in. Like like last year, I don't think the Bucks got very far, did I think they got smashed in their wildcard division uh, game. So I, I'd imagine the same. It obviously depends on who the opposition is. Uh, we could get a, a generous team, although I think we will be quite low-seeded. So um, we, we could end up with, with like a 49ers or something like that. So if we do get one of the, the top seeds in the NFC, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll not get very far, I don't think. So it's not really a case of how far we're getting the playoffs. I think just getting there is an achievement to to build on for the future because, yeah, I don't think we're quite ready for that just yet. Um, so, yeah, if we get there, amazing. If we lose in the wildcard round, so be it, uh, just as long as that's a platform to build on for next year. Fantastic. And that is where we will end the podcast. Before we do go, of course, you are our eighth person so far on these season predictions. And as of right time of recording, you are the sixth most optimistic fan of the eight with only wow. uh, Cardinals fans, um, Sam Morgan and Oliver Kent behind you with um, your closest ones, Jay Lawrence, our Saints fan, and Javon Biller, our Seattle Seahawks fan. So, yeah, optimism there. And you are our second most optimistic NFC South fan. So, um, yeah, that's wow. that is how we'll go. But before we do go, of course, Keg is also coming out for our Euro trips and Newcastle United season preview. So I don't know whether at this point this will be out before or after Newcastle one, depending on how our other podcast and football podcast, um, how it's going to go scheduling wise. But if you haven't yet listened to that one and it is out, go check it out over on Euro trips. But in the meantime, um, thank you, Kev, for coming on, first of all. Oh, no worries. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on again. We'll have you on definitely during the season and especially when our two teams play each other, either previewing or reviewing the game. Uh, But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Keg, and we will see you guys our next season preview, which is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. See you guys then.